Welcome to The Secret Life of Dietitians. I'm Laura Poland. And I'm Amy Keller. So this week, I was at a coalition meeting. Uh, This is a meeting of people in the Columbus area who are focused on kids. And the coalition's called Growing Healthy Kids Columbus. And we usually have this breaking news. And today's or this week's breaking news was about toddler milk. I have never heard about toddler milk before. I have never heard about toddler milk as well. Maybe it was called something different. I mean, my son's a teenager now, but maybe it was called something different back in the day. But I had never heard of toddler milk. And when you brought this up, I thought, what? Exactly. <laughs> well, there were a lot of people in the room that said, what? And so I talked to a friend of mine at the coalition meeting who who's also very knowledgeable in this. She works at Head Start. And so I thought it'd be fun to pull her in and have her tell us all about toddler milk. I'm so excited to welcome Claudette Bailey. She's a registered and licensed dietitian who currently works as the health and nutrition coordinator for the YMCA of Central Ohio's Head Start program. She earned her bachelor's in dietetics and master's in food and nutrition from the University of Georgia before moving to Columbus to complete her dietetic internship through The Ohio State University. Claudette chose to pursue a career in dietetics so she could empower people to live healthier lives through better nutrition. She's passionate about working with young children and their families to help them develop healthy habits early that they'll take with them for the rest of their lives. Welcome, Claudette. (laughs) Thanks so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here uh, and uh, just talk with you guys a little bit about uh, this hot topic of toddler milk tonight. As Laura mentioned, I've never heard of this. She's never heard of it. Are we just really old? Or is this or is this like something that's been a thing and we've just missed it? Yeah, I think it's growing in, in popularity and certainly the marketing is growing in the United States. It's starting to, to be pushed a little bit more. So it's also known as toddler formula or like transition formula or other names for toddler milk. Uh, so basically, it's marketed as a kind of a next step after your child turns, you know, 12 months or a year old. Uh, it's the next step that they advertise to parents as being beneficial for their children after they kind of graduate from breast milk or formula. Okay. So if it's it's something that's sort of marketed to parents, is this something that, for example, through the, the WIC program, is this something that would be recommended there? <laughs> no. So not, that so it's, it's not. <laughs> that was what was interesting. That was the breaking news was that I guess the FDA is coming down on these manufacturers because they're manufacturing it as if it's a formula, like an infant right. formula when it provides no additional nutrition to the child out that they couldn't get from eating foods. And so they're saying, no, you need to put a nutrition facts label on it because it's we it's the parents right to know how much sugar is in this and how much added uh, products are in it and what the breakdown is. Right. Is that my understanding, Claudette? Yeah, absolutely. 
And, you know, if you look at in the store, if you go down the, the baby formula aisle, the toddler milk or toddler formula is probably there also. It looks a lot like infant formula. It comes, you know, in, in cans, but it might, you know, just it looks like the other infant formulas on the shelf. It just says like toddler or um, transition or something like that on the can, but it, it looks like an infant formula. And so, yes, now the, the push is to provide more strict labeling requirements for it uh, because it's not regulated the same way that formula is. It doesn't have the same strict requirements for formulation, uh, but then on the other hand, it's not being labeled as a food would normally be. And I think they were also saying that it doesn't qualify for WIC. It's not WIC approved, which to me means, does that mean that it has more sugar than uh, what it would be allowed in WIC formulas? So that's why they're not allowing it? Um, oh, yeah, I think it's probably not allowed in WIC because it's not recommended for the age group it's intended for. So it's not an infant mm -hmm. formula. It's not recommended for infants to actually it could potentially be dangerous if you gave it to a baby, you know, for a long time under a year old. They have read that some doctors' concerns about this product that it does look so much like formula that parents might even buy it by mistake yeah. and feed it to their infants. Um, yeah. But it doesn't have all of the necessary nutrients that the growing babies really need that it's intended for that toddler age group. But in reality, you know, the health and nutrition experts don't recommend it because you say that perfectly earlier, Laura, that, you know, it doesn't provide any benefit that they couldn't get from eating a, a regular healthy diet of, of foods and, and milk. Right. Right. I was, I was looking at the ingredients that are in some of these toddler milks. And when we compare it to just, you know, cow's milk, that is a more common beverage that is given to kids after the age of 12 months of age. You know, we're looking at like powdered milk and, and corn syrup and vegetable oil and not a tremendous amount of protein. So I can definitely see that it, it would not be nutritionally equivalent maybe to some other beverages that may be more appropriate for that age group. But why is this a thing? Why why would infant formula companies, I'm going to assume these are similar companies, if not the same companies, why would they even develop something like this? Yeah. So, you know, I'm not an expert in marketing, <laughs> but from what I've read, it is the same companies that sell infant formula that are developing these toddler formulas. Um, and it's really because their sales are hurting in infant formula uh, as you know, WIC has been promoting breastfeeding and health and nutrition experts have been promoting breastfeeding. You know, that's, it's starting to work, starting to catch on and mm. the sales of infant formula are hurting from that. So they're looking for other ways to make a profit. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I've read that like toddler, toddler formula or toddler milk has been a thing and then marketed much more heav heavily like in European countries uh, in the past and now they're starting to to increase their marketing of it here in the United States also. You had mentioned that the formula companies were looking for some other way to sort of turn a profit because breastfeeding mm -hmm. like you said finally after right. <laughs> this time that we've been promoting breastfeeding <laughs> as dietitians or even lactation consultants, um, 
you know, I, I really feel like there's been some improvement in that support for breastfeeding and breastfeeding moms. I just wonder, would there be any situation where there would be an, a benefit to a child using something like toddler milk? I mean, I'm just thinking like, is there, I mean, is there like DHA in it or something like that? That's such a popular kind of buzz, buzz nutrient for brain development. Do you see any, is there any benefit to it? I mean, like in certain situations, maybe where the child has true failure to thrive, where they just really need uh, an extra boost of, of nutrition that's easier to get into them than, you know, chicken and potatoes and broccoli. <laughs> then in certain cases, you know, if a pediatrician or dietitian recommends that for a certain child, that might be appropriate. But even then, they will probably recommend a specific like formula, which in, in my experience working um, in, in pediatrics with, with young children, the recommendation is usually like Pediasure, which is like a pre-mixed uh, like liquid, which, yeah, you guys are nodding your heads. Yeah. Because <laughs> Pediasure, you've heard of, right? Because it's yeah. um, the more, probably more trusted uh, source of nutrition, of kind of supplemental nutrition for young children. And so toddler formula or toddler milk is along the same lines of Pediasure. But yeah, like in my experience working in pediatrics, if children need supplemental nutrition, I've never heard a physician or a dietitian recommend one of these actual toddler milks or toddler formulas. It comes as a powder that you have to mix yourself. Um, so Pediasure would usually be the go-to choice or, or even like not necessarily brand new Pediasure, but generic would also be acceptable and that actually is covered by WIC if it's recommended by the doctor whereas yeah. these toddler formulas would not be. I thought it was interesting in the meeting that you did say that that Head Start also does not serve toddler milk or you know and the only way that it would be allowed would be if a physician had ordered it. And Yeah that's right. Yeah. Yeah, so um, for babies, you know, like zero to 12 months, our program in particular, we serve whatever iron fortified infant formula the parent chooses at, you know, no expense to them. We purchase that and provide that, whatever their preference is. But once the child turns a year old, then we're required by the Child and Adult Care Food Program, uh, which is part of the USDA's food nutrition programs for, for children, we're required to transition them to whole milk. Unflavored whole milk is the requirement uh, for children ages 12 to 24 months. And anything other than that, aside from breast milk, if a parent chooses to continue breastfeeding, mm -hmm. we can serve them express breast milk, uh, or the parent can come in and breastfeed if they would like to do that past 12 months, that's still fine. But anything aside from whole unflavored cow's milk or breast milk has to have a, a doctor's note stating specifically like a medical need for that uh, and, and what exactly the child needs instead of, of that cow's milk generally. And I think that gets back to the general rec recommendations that the only beverages a toddler really should need is milk and water. Right. right. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, Laura. That's right. So. so let's get into some of those beverage recommendations for 
for little ones. Um, you know, I see a variety of things, unfortunately, <laughs> in bottles. Um, I know you know, <laughs> I see, um, and then maybe just kind of take us through what's recommended after, you know, the age of six months versus a year. And then as kids get a little bit older, as they get into maybe that toddler to preschool age, what's recommended? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, for the first six months of life, from four to six months, all they need is breast milk or formula. That's it. They don't need water. They certainly don't need juice. Or uh, And cow's milk is definitely not recommended um, for that age group. So only iron-fortified infant formula or breast milk, um, unless, you know, the physician advises something specific for a specific baby with a specific condition. But for healthy children, that's all they need. Uh, at six months old, they should still be getting, you know, most of their nutrition from breast milk or formula. But that's when you can start introducing those complementary foods, like purees or rice cereal if you want to, things like that. Um, and also you can start introducing some sips of water. So at this point, you know, the point of giving children water at that age is really just to get them used to the taste uh, and to give them some practice uh, drinking from a cup versus a bottle or a nipple. So <laughs> I read the comments from doctors saying, you know, that it's great to give children water. It doesn't really matter how much they actually drink because most of what you give them is probably going to end up all over their clothes on the floor anyway. <laughs> like it's really just for them to get a taste and a practice uh, yep. drinking from that cup. So, and then at a year old is when we're starting to make that, that bigger transition that we've kind of been talking about a little bit more tonight from breast milk or formula to uh, the normal recommendation for, for healthy children is the transition to unflavored whole cow's milk for the first year after they turn a year old, so for 12 to 24 months. Uh, and in that, that age group, they'll need about two to three cups a day of whole milk. And then they should also be getting anywhere from one to four cups a day of water in addition to that cow's milk. So there's, you know, a lot of variation where it comes to how much water they need based on, you know, how much milk they're drinking. And so, and they're, you know, getting fluid that way. There's also, they'll be getting fluid from the food they're eating. You know, if you think about like, fruits, you know, think about watermelon, how much water is in a watermelon uh, versus maybe like um, crackers have little to no water in them. So depending on what kind of foods they're eating, uh, they might need more or less water depending on how active they are. If they're go-go-go running around all day, and then they might need more water. Uh, whereas if they are not such an active child, then they might not need as much. So that can vary a lot. But uh, really, the advice I like to give parents when it comes to water is just to offer water first for thirst. You know, if a mm -hmm. child says that they're thirsty, the first thing you should offer them is water. And then, you know, the recommendations transition once the child turns about two years old, they want to transition to skim or low-fat milk. So the recommendation for, for whole milk is to provide extra, extra calories and extra fat in that first year after they're transitioning to to solid foods um, and cow's milk just to make sure that they're they're getting enough calories as they're still kind of figuring out how to eat table food mm -hmm. uh, and also getting enough healthy uh, good fats for for brain development yep which is really really important at that age 
But then once you get past that two-year mark, you want to transition to that skim or 1% milk just so that they're not getting too many extra calories from beverages uh, and not getting too many saturated fats from that, that dairy fat. And then, of course, they're also going to be needing water along with that. So those are really the, the main recommendations of, of what they should be drinking. Now, of course, there are a lot of other beverages on the market. And <laughs> probably the, the next one that I get asked about most probably is juice, right? So yeah. uh, some parents think that kids need juice. You know, for sure, kids like juice. Right. Um, and 100% fruit juice is an okay option if parents want to give them uh, something aside from milk or water to drink. The recommendation for kiddos ages 12 to 24 months is no more than half a cup a day of 100% fruit juice. Uh, So it's important to make the distinction between 100% juice and something like a juice drink or um, juice flavored (laughs) beverage, something like that. So, you know, 100% juice is, is just that. It's, you know, if you squeeze the orange yourself or if Tropicana did it for you, it is just the juice. Whereas a juice-flavored drink or something like that is going to have some other added, uh, generally added sugar in it. Uh, could be added artificial sweeteners um, or anything, anything like that. So, and that's just not... Not beneficial to introduce children. Added sugars aren't beneficial for anyone, pretty much uh, any healthy individual, but certainly not for young children. Just because the if you start introducing added sugars at a young age, then they start getting a taste for and a preference for that sweet taste. So the last added sugar and the less sweet beverages that you can introduce them to when they're younger the better off they're going to be to maintain a preference for water and for unflavored milk. Uh, the same goes with like like strawberry milk or chocolate milk. That's the same thing with those added sugars being put in there that gives them that preference for that sweet flavor and makes them less likely to accept the unflavored or plain options, you know, down the road. Yeah. Something that was brought up with the toddler milk was it was it's probably sweet, I'm going to assume. Or yeah. Not drink mm-hmm. it. I mean, if you want to make that assumption, and that probably would be the sim- a similar issue with like essentially the flavored milks. This toddler milk probably is going to be sugar sweetened mm-hmm. again, or yes, drink it. Yeah, right. Absolutely. So I've seen some of them with like corn syrup uh, in in the toddler milk. One I looked at had was sweetened with lactose, which I thought was kind of sneaky. Um, so, which uh, people don't think about lactose as being a sugar, but it is. Lactose is the sugar that is found in cow's milk. So this actually, this toddler milk had like uh, evaporated milk and or, or powdered milk as an ingredient. And then after that, it had lactose as a separate ingredient. So they've taken out just the milk sugar and added an extra milk sugar uh, into the toddler milk. <laughs> so I thought that was a little bit sneaky. That is weird. Um, yeah. And also, honestly, you know, for parents that might be concerned about their child drinking cow's milk because of, you know, tolerance issues or something like that, like if you put extra lactose into something, that's going to make it even harder to tolerate uh, for a child. So that's not, uh, not great. Yeah. Yeah. They don't need help getting 
acclimated and used to sweet, the sweet taste. And the less we can do that in their beverages from the start, the better. I can attest to that because I personally, I still to this day drink chocolate milk. (laughs) And that's all I drink because I do not care for plain milk. And I think that's, and that's what I grew up on was chocolate milk. So, you know, yeah, (laughs) it's what I don't know. We talk about those other alternatives. You mentioned some parents may not have a preference for cow's milk for whatever reason. Are things like these plant-based beverages, because I can't call them milk. I I just can't do it. Um, (laughs) Are these things like almond milk or almond beverage or soy, are they appropriate for, for kiddos? Generally speaking, the answer is no. Uh, They don't replace, you know, they're not equivalent to cow's milk. For the vast majority of those aren't going to provide the same nutrients that children will be able to get from cow's milk. So, you know, a cup of cow's milk has about eight grams of protein versus a cup of almond milk has probably about one gram of protein. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they're just not getting, getting the same nutrition from that. Uh, so soy milk, if you're going to, to do a plant-based or a non-dairy beverage, uh, soy milk would be the recommended one because it does generally have more protein than the others. Uh, but for young toddlers, that 12 to 24 month age group, when they really still need that extra fat that would be in whole cow's milk, they're not going to be able to get that from soy milk. So they're going to still be missing out on that fat, even if you are able to get them the protein by choosing soy milk instead of one of the other alternatives. Right. And that brain development, just to reiterate, that's the critical time for that brain to be developing that first two years. They really need that extra fat. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What about other beverages? I mean, you know, I, I think the parents wonder if there's ever a good time for, you know, the kid to have something that's more like a lemonade or a fruit punch or, you know, I mean, I've seen, you know, unfortunately kids drinking Sprite or, you know, at what point do you think that that's okay for a parent to experiment with that? Maybe as a, a treat versus not doing that at all to a certain age. I mean, you just see such a variety of things that are done. What would be your recommendation as a dietitian? Yeah, so I would say definitely avoid all of those sorts of uh, treats or beverages like lemonade or soda um, until at least they're at least at least a year old, I would say. And then after that, you know, once they are off of breast milk or formula and eating more table foods and, you know, eating more with you as a family, then I would say, I I think I like the idea of of kind of keeping it as a treat. I've heard from other dietitians who are moms that they found a strategy that works well for them is to not bring those things into the house. So, you know, if they go out to eat for, you know, a special occasion or, you know, this day and age get to take out any, um, <laughs> yeah. that they might, you know, order a kid's size Sprite or lemonade or something like that uh, with the meal. And then that's a special treat for a, an every now and then, or like, I like to, to tell my kids at Head Start, it's a sometimes food. So, you know, I personally and professionally don't ever recommend cutting anything out of your diet unless you are deathly allergic to it. So, you know, depriving ourselves and depriving our children 
only creates cravings and yes <laughs> uh, so and and you know adds an attractive aspect to that because eventually mm-hmm. they're going to be exposed to that whether it is at a birthday party or at right. a you know soccer game or you know they're going to be exposed to that and so to to teach them when they're young that you know all things in moderation all foods can fit all beverages can fit into mm-hmm. a healthy balanced diet and, and that's okay to have occasionally as a treat, but, you know, maybe we're not going to buy a whole gallon of lemonade to keep for the house, <laughs> uh, or maybe we're not going to buy a two liter of soda to keep at the house that, you know, when we're home, we drink milk or water, um, and it's okay to have other beverages occasionally as a treat. I can say I, it works because my kids, you know, if we had anything at home, it would be maybe a hundred percent juice. And in limited amounts, like you mentioned, four ounces per day. And I do the same thing with my adults. Okay. Like no more than six, <laughs> six ounces a day of a hundred percent juice. And then, yeah, let's go back to water. But generally speaking with the kids, it works. My kids grew up and then they, I remember getting them, they were somewhere. I don't know if it was a sporting event or something. And they had that McDonald's drink, you know? And they tasted it and they were like, what is this? <laughs> they just were totally grossed out by it, honestly, actually. So, you know, now I will tell you, they did enjoy an occasional pop and things like that. And they, d- when we went out to dinner and if they ordered a pop at a restaurant or something like that, they did like that. So we were more than willing to let them have that as a special treat. But then they always also... Once you were done with that pop, you switched to water at the table, even at a restaurant. So they got used to it's in moderation, right? It's okay to have it as a treat, but it's in moderation. So absolutely, yeah. Any any thoughts on you know even artificially sweetened beverages? You had mentioned that um, in the context of juice or juice blends that might have artificial sweeteners in them. There are so many beverages out there now that are low cal. That are, I think, mm-hmm. fine for adults, I guess. But what about, is there a place for those with kids at all? Kind of these light uses. Yeah. So there's a couple of different different products on the market that might be marketed as, as kind of like a light juice. Uh, so probably primarily what you're going to see is exactly what you're talking about. Ones that are sweetened with artificial or non-nutritive sweeteners. Uh, so artificial sweeteners, basically, to kind of put that in, in common terms. And so, you know, there's some aspects, some people might have some some safety concerns about these chemicals uh, being put into beverages for their children. So, and, and the research is still kind of out on that. There is no real good evidence to show that it is harmful to kids. Um, and, you know, it the FDA has approved it as being safe for, for people to consume. So from that perspective, I can't really comment on, on the safety of it, but from the perspective of it still presents the same problem of getting them accustomed to that sweet taste and getting them desiring that sweet taste, even if it's not actually giving their body that sugar and those extra calories, you know, which is you know better in a way it still has the same problem of tasting sweet. And to a child, you know, to an adult, you know the difference between Coke and Diet Coke. 
you know, even if you can't taste the difference, which a lot of people probably could say they could, <laughs> but even if you couldn't taste the difference between like a Coke and a Diet Coke, you as an adult decision maker know that, you know, the Coke has 200 calories maybe and the Diet Coke has zero. And so the Diet Coke, you might choose that over the, the regular Coke to have with your meal to make sure that, that you're staying in balance with your calories. Uh, but for a child, you know, they are, are too young to understand the difference between sugar and artificial sweeteners and to understand that to them, anything that tastes sweet is, is great. <laughs> and that, that that's what they want. So it doesn't, giving them beverages with artificial sweeteners doesn't teach them to make healthy choices and build those healthy habits. Yeah. Um, I wonder about, too, some parents, I mean, is there a, is there thoughts on, I'm thinking like sports drinks, Mm. waters, there's so many sweetened waters now, Um, like Propel and that kind of stuff. I mean, that's artificially sweetened, but you know, is there, if you have a, a parent who's asking about, is Gatorade appropriate for my child? Or even, you know, a child that doesn't feel well, you know, um, mm-hmm. is there ever a place for that kind of thing in a child's diet? Yeah. So for a kiddo who is sick, you know, that's a little bit of a different situation. You know, what we're kind of focused on tonight is general recommendations for healthy kids. So if the kiddo is a little bit sick, you know, maybe has some like pounding or diarrhea, you know, usual stomach bugs that, that the kiddos get, then, you know, maybe that might be appropriate to give them something more like a Gatorade or even 100% juice or uh, just to get some calories and some nutrition in them. Uh, in those instances, I would probably recommend the actual the Gatorade with real sugar in it right. rather than the, the light kind uh, to actually get them some nutrition. Uh, to give them some fluid uh, and, and some calories and some electrolytes back in their bodies, that might be an appropriate choice for that time. But generally speaking, you know, unless you are a professional athlete, you know, if your kiddo's out playing peewee soccer, they really don't need Gatorade. You know, water is going to be sufficient. Water in a snack is going to be sufficient to replace uh, the fluid and the electrolytes that they lost playing, playing sports. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great, I think that's a great tip. I think there's sometimes, uh, feeling like you have to buy Gatorade for the, the, like for the you team. said, for the yeah. soccer team. <laughs> yeah. It's not necessary. Even, yeah. Even if the weather's hot, it's really not necessary. Yeah. So Claudette has provided us with a lot of great summary articles. We'll pass those along in our show notes here for drinking uh, recommended drinks for kids zero to five and then healthy beverages in early childhood. So we'll be sure to include those. And uh, yeah, any last thoughts or anything else you think parents should be aware of? I think we've covered a lot. (laughs) We did cover a lot tonight. Uh, I think, you know, like I said, all things in moderation, focus on serving milk with meals and water first for thirst. And, you know, focus, focus on that. Keep the other beverages as, as a treat and that will take you, take you far. I feel like, yeah, the toddler milk kind of comes back to that, like, extra or treat it's not really a thing so that's good to know yeah thank you don't spend your money on toddler milk spend your money on fruits and vegetables right and 
There you Absolutely. go. Absolutely. If you're going to spend your money, that's the thing. It's like food is so expensive already. And mm-hmm. I'm afraid, and this is something that I know you all can sympathize with, that this sort of unfairly targets moms. And mm-hmm. moms want what's best for their kids. You know, dads do, but moms really are like, <laughs> I want what's best for my kid. And if I'm supposed to buy this beverage because this is best for my kid, right. that I feel like that there's a, a bit of a target on moms to mm-hmm. feel that pressure to buy something like that. So I understand money dollars, you know, money for food is not always the easiest thing to figure out what you want to spend on. And so if you're not spending on something very expensive, like toddler milk, you have more money Mm -hmm. for fruits and vegetables of any kind and dairy milk and all those types of things. We talk about that a lot in our coalition meetings. It's that targeted marketing that happens. And it's not just, I mean, obviously I didn't even know about toddler milk, but I mean, it's just, it's one of a variety of products that get recommended and yeah, your kids got to have the best and yeah, it's hard. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. One of the articles I was reading, maybe even the one they presented about in the coalition, I uh, had a quote from a doctor saying, it's not okay to lie to moms yes. because that's ultimately what these companies are doing. They're yeah. putting it out there saying that, you know, making it seem like they need these products for their children or this is the best thing for their children when really it's it's not recommended by health and nutrition organizations. Um, yeah. And like you're saying, you know, their money will go a lot farther and is much better spent on whole foods. Right? Yep. I agree. You know? Yep. All right. Well, that was, I think that's a great way to wrap it up. Yes, I do too. (laughs) On whole foods, uh, you know, that that we could get a whole other discussion of things people spend their money on. (laughs) True. Absolutely. We welcome your show ideas and we thank Claudette for being here tonight. And um, like I said, we'll include the cursor links in the show notes. But if you have other ideas for podcasts that you would like to to talk about, you can email us at dish at secretliferd.com. You can visit us on Instagram at the Secret Life Dietitians. You can also follow us on Twitter, but I never tweet, so I'm sorry about that. And I'm going to look fun about that. So, but we look forward to seeing you guys next time wherever you get your podcasts. 